Welcome into the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. And now, Kevin Ray. Welcome into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I am your host, and I'm here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host. Thank you for joining us here on the Housing Hour. We're grateful to have you, and we're excited about our show today. We're um, excited about uh, having the opportunity to maybe add some value to your day and, and maybe give something that you can share with your friends and family. And We want you to connect with us on Facebook and on all of the social media channels. So I'll tell you how to get in contact with us. Number one, the treasure trove mothership of information is thehousinghour.com. Um, and then you can also find us on some other uh, things as well. So you can go to facebook.com, the slash the housing hour, and then also Twitter as well at the housing hour. And uh, Pinterest is Mark Griffith at Mark Griffith as well. <laughs> Mark likes to do the Pinterest. I'm trying. I just haven't figured it out. Right. Yet. Chris, Chris just mentioned to us a moment ago that he's, he's not a big social media guy. And, and you know, we're going to get him into we're it. We're going to get him into it. So today we're talking about heating and air, and we're also talking about some do's and don'ts. We're talking about smart home technology because there's a lot of that involved here. We're talking about the controversial R22 for refrigerant, whatever it is. We'll talk about that in a minute. But we have Chris Waddell with us um, from Elite Heating and Air here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Chris, thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. And I was just noticing, you know, you may not have your social media um, up and running, but you do have some good reviews on Google, I found. So, and these are definitely for you. So that's awesome. Um, Chris has a business here in Knoxville. He's been there since 95, started as a tech. Um, he since has taken the company over um, from the owner um, who previously owned it. Um, and now you own this this establishment. And uh, what do you think about owning a, a, a business? How are you liking that? Well, how long have you been doing? How long have you actually owned it? I took over as president of the company in uh, March, March the 15th, 2002. Wow. Yeah. I came to work for the company in 95 as a service technician. Mm -hmm. And so when you look back over the past, I mean, gosh, I mean, that's a long, long time. That's since Peyton Manning was in school that you've been in this in this business. So you understand, like, the different things that have happened and and what all has happened in um, the legislator and with the EPA and all of that. Um, what are your thoughts about your industry? I mean, there is such a need for good people like yourself. What are your thoughts about your industry and where you see it right now? Well, I, I enjoy the industry. Um, it's something that uh, I seem to have had a talent for. Um, don't have too many talents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a big one. <laughs> but uh, I learned uh, that I could fix these heat and air units, and uh, a lot of people seem to to need that from time to time so i'm glad to help out yeah i would say that people need it from time to time no doubt about it um it's always frustrating too as a homeowner when you have something that happens you don't know what it is but you know there's not heat coming out of the heater and there's not air conditioning come and you don't know what the problem is and here's where the issue comes is that you don't have anybody to call that you really trust or that you know. And it's very difficult because you're like, okay, had a bad experience with these people. I'm not going to ever name any names. Had a bad experience over here. So let me call Mark and see if he can recommend somebody, <laughs> you know, or whoever, you know. So I you, would say elite. Right. But you try to find somebody who has had a good experience. But here's what I've also found is that 
like, for instance, you might go and you might have a good situation. You might have something really positive happen on this type of repair, Mm -hmm. but then maybe they don't do these type of repairs too good. So I'm sure elite is elite with everything, but have you, do you have a niche or do you just do everything that is offered? Well, no, we, we, we keep it centered on uh, primarily uh, servicing mm-hmm. of uh, heating and air conditioning equipment. We're probably 90% residential. Mm-hmm. have a few uh, commercial mm-hmm. applications that we, we do. Um, there's a lot of different aspects to the business that we, we don't do. We mm-hmm. just primarily focus on service and, uh, and sales of heating and air conditioning equipment. So you replace them? We do. Mm-hmm. When, we, when we can't fix them. Right, exactly. <laughs> but that, I mean, you talk about yeah. you know when when things break down and what do you do? I, I always get a kick out of when I call a heating and air place, mm-hmm. and uh, I have not with Elite, but uh, other ones. You call and they say, "Well, what's it doing? It's mm-hmm. not working. Right. You know, it's not working. I don't know enough to tell you what it's not doing, <laughs> what it should be doing." Yeah, and I think that's with every service industry too. I mean, from time to time, when when you have a situation come up like that, you're really at the mercy of of the professional and you know whenever you you call somebody and you know looking at it from my perspective you're really you know worried that somebody's going to take advantage of you you know mm-hmm. that that's the problem do you sense that when when you have when you go out and see somebody do you sense that they're suspicious and things like that it's just human nature isn't it it is it's it it is and uh you know especially now being a small company we have uh you know some dedicated customers that we've mm-hmm. had for years and years and and you know they know they know that if i tell them something that i'm mm-hmm. telling them the truth but yeah then you get um you know new people that you that have to get to know you mm-hmm. uh, there's always a stigma with any type of uh, uh repair that uh, you know are they telling me the truth are they telling me what i need or are they trying to sell me something that maybe i don't need mm. well i mean yeah the, the proof is in the pudding in a lot of ways because since 1990, is that how long Elite's been in Knoxville? Isn't that yes. what you said? So I think history would have probably taken care of if you had not been doing the right thing. You can't be in business that long and not have a good track record and not have an established you know, uh, reputation for doing the right thing. And I think about other companies that are out there. MIG is an example. I mean, and, you know, been around since around the same time. Um, and if you don't have the best, uh, you know, things that, that you're offering to your customer, ultimately you're going to be shipped out of the business because word's going to get out. People are going to understand that you're not doing a good job and they're not going to use you. And when you, when your business dries up, you can't get new business. I know there's companies out there right now. I'm not even just talking about heating and air. I'm talking about even in mortgages. You've got people out there that they're claiming to be a great shop. They're doing the right thing for the customer. and But when you pull the veil back and you look at what's really happening, it's not all that attractive. Well, it's about education and knowledge. Yeah, so when, right. you, when you turn to somebody like Chris at you know, Lee, yeah. you, you, you expect them to come in and know how to fix it. Because mm-hmm. have you ever had a heat and air guy come to your place and look at your unit and says, oh, you know what, this needs to be replaced because mm-hmm. it's older. Right. But, uh, you know, yeah, we could replace it if it's at 12, but can you fix it? That's the right. question. I don't want to replace it today. No, nah, it needs to be replaced. Call a second guy in. Right. It's just the, the 
whatever is not working. So, you know, $100 fix. Right. I, and I, so I think, what, yeah, what's, what's what do you think that? about that, Chris? Because I think that there are times that um, repairmen might take the the road, hey, this just needs to be repaired. Yeah, it could be fixed, but the fact is it's, it's only going to last for, you know, another year. Why don't you just have it repaired? How do you see that? Well, a lot of that has to do with the um, – I'm, I'm, I've always coming up as a serviceman. I always wanted to fix things. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to a point: is it um, is it no longer feasible mm-hmm. to, to to fix it? Um, you you could get into some situations uh, where a unit's so old that they don't even make the specific yeah, item. Exactly. That you need. We're going to talk right. about some of that in the second segment too. But go ahead. Or like we're up against the this freon change. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you have a. Um, a repair that involves entry into the refrigeration circuit and the system uses the R22 mm-hmm. refrigerant, then um, at that point, given the, the cost and the not knowing the availability of that in the future, then, you know, you may actually be doing the customer a disservice by re- repairing it mm. as opposed to replacing it. Yeah, exactly. And we're going to get into that R22 in the second segment. But, like, a, you know, there's a compressor. There's there's all kinds of things that are involved <laughs> with uh, with the heating and air unit. you got the condenser. you got the compressor. You've got the reversing valve. I mean, there's just so many little intricate things that could break. And I have no idea how you guys do what you do. Um, but it's amazing because wh- where did you learn to do all this? Is it just sort of something that you learned on the job? I mean, because, I mean, some of it is. I don't know that there's a, I mean, you know, how did you learn how to do all this? Oh, wait. There is an answer to this question. Yeah. Oh, there is? Well, I got into air conditioning by mistake, actually. Mm-hmm. Freshman year at West High School. West, another Westie. Another Westie. Wow. They said you have to pick a uh, an elective. So mm-hmm. I went down the list, and <laughs> there was introduction to air conditioning. I thought, well, hey, <laughs> yeah. what do we do? Sit around in the air conditioning all day. Sign me up. Right. So home goods wasn't one that you wanted to, or what did they call it? Home ec. Home ec. Oh, see, Mark knows. I took, he, I took the home he, didn't, he didn't even second guess it. So you took, so there was other things like welding or whatever the different things were, and you took the air conditioning one. I did. I, I took that introduction class as a freshman and, and enjoyed it so much. I stayed with it all four years and went through that program and then went on to uh, uh, State Tech um, and took the... Uh, the air conditioning class there and then when i left there is when i got my first job in the heat and air business listen this this guy knows it i that you just sold me right there he started from a young age learning how to work on these systems he's been indoctrinated he has been indoctrinated that that is amazing we're going to continue this conversation with chris waddell with elite heating and air right after these messages Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. Kevin Ray here with Mark Griffith, executive producer and co-host. Mortgage Investors Group is the sponsor of this show, MIGonline.com. You can find our site, our locations, find a location nearest you and get pre-qualified. The housing market is really heating up Mm. and it's the time to get pre-qualified. Get in there and try to 
to get your uh, home buying experience uh, done by the professionals. Talking about professionals, certainly Mortgage Investors Group is one of those, has been around since 1989. And all I can say is, folks, you know, you, you really just want to think about when you're getting pre-qualified, do you want your mortgage to get lost in space on a rocket, or do you want to just keep it on the ground with us? I think it's probably wise to keep it on the ground with us. Mortgage license, 1091-11. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I love MIG. They do a great job. So Chris is um, in the industry of heating and air. Chris Waddell, he's the president of Elite Heating and Air. Um, and what's your saying? What's your slogan? Beat the heat, call elite. There you go. Beat the heat, call elite. That's fantastic. I really like that. And we were talking in the first segment about a variety of topics. We're going to change gears a little bit. And we're going to talk a little bit about maybe what's going on from just a political perspective. You mentioned the Montreal, what did you call it? The Montreal Protocol. Protocol. And um, most countries, including the United States, signed it. And within that was, I'm assuming, a carbon footprint reduction type of thing, right? Is that what it was? Basically. Yeah. And um, India and China, you said, did not sign it. No. Okay. So if you need R22, you're going to have to take a long flight (laughs) and you're not going to be able to get back in the country. You know, that's a problem. But let's set it up for the listeners so that they understand what we're talking about. First of all, I'm going to sort of try to set it up and then you're going to be the pro and come in and clean it up. Okay. So this Montreal protocol, one of the things that they did was. I guess to have people, countries, big, you know, countries like the United States, um, to try to put laws into place to eliminate the production of this R22 refrigerant, which is what is used. It's the main ingredient. It's sort of the, I don't know, the lubricant of the heating and air unit. I mean, it kind of keeps it fro- keeps the air going, keeps the cold air. I mean, I guess it's used right. during heat. But anyway, it's been eliminated. I'm going to let Chris talk professionally about this. But it's been it's been eliminated. If your, if your air conditioner was built after January 1st, 2010, then it no longer, 2010, is that correct? Mm-hmm. It no longer will take this R22, which is the the go-to Freon's. Freon, right? Is that what That's it right. is? That's right. That's right. That's you, you talk it up. Uh, Freon is actually a, um, um, that was uh, DuPont mm. is the one that in, invented, the. they didn't invent refrigerant, but that was their refrigerant. They, they oh, the so Freon. Freon. Wow. That's that's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a, a bandage is a Band-Aid. Right. Or a soda pop is a Coke. That's right. Right. Uh, interesting. So it's all refrigerant. The Freon was actually uh that is that's that's actually really interesting. DuPont. I had no idea because Freon. You think of it not only just for your car. I mean, not even for your air conditioning, but for your car too, right? Freon. Mm-hmm. Same stuff. It's refrigerant, and it, it's different. Different uh, refrigerants. Mm-hmm. The cars now use one thirty four A. If you remember back in the early nineties, they used R twelve, and then they got rid of R twelve, and they had to do all these conversions. And then that's cars right. after you know nineteen ninety four had the one thirty four A in it. Well, that was all part of the Montreal Protocol, too. We'll see, because R12 was a CFC. That's a chlorofluorocarbon. Mm. Well, they told us at the time, don't worry about R22, because that's an HCFC, Mm -hmm. hydrofluorocarbon. Right. Well, that's, uh, you know, then they come back later and said, no, it's killing the ozone layer, too. We've got to get rid of it. Mm. 
So that's when they... Does develop. this all come back to aerosol cans somehow? <laughs> I'm just, there's, no. there's a lot to do with it. Oh, really? I was actually making a joke. That's that's incredible. Yeah, they, they the old hairspray cans back mm-hmm. in the day had the CFC, the arch, you know... Could have been R12. It had CFCs in it, though. Yeah. Chlorofluorocarbons. And that's what they determined was killing the ozone layer. Huh. And also, Mark, you would know about this, those things that um, when you put whipped cream, <laughs> those things that are inside oh. the, the whipped cream maker. Yeah, especially See, Adam, when you run out. Adam knows about those things. <laughs> but Because, I mean, honestly, when you dispense those, I don't even know if they make them anymore, but when you used to dispense those, those things would be so frozen. Remember, yeah. they would yeah. like, you couldn't even hold them. And oh. is whatever's inside of that, is that what that is as well? It, they were used as a propellant, yes. A propellant. Wow. So, I mean, were there were there heating and air um, techs down there huffing the stuff, or what was the reason behind the, Probably. I can't say for sure. Because, <laughs> you know, there was there, the, the, what they called, the, the kids called them whippets, I think is what they were called. What did you used to call them, Mark? I, I, I don't recall this. I was a good kid. Okay. <laughs> but the bottom line is the ozone, guys, if you don't know, is what protects the earth from the sun's ultraviolet rays. <laughs> okay. And so we're trying to keep the ozone in place. So you got these businessmen, these people in suits that claim that they know everything about everything that are listening to these, you know, people who claim to know about the environment. And, and I, there is a lot to it. I'm not making fun. I mean, there is, I mean, in all seriousness, I do believe strongly that man can influence and negatively influence the environment. I get it. Um, But there's so many rules and there's so many changes. An interesting factoid. um, Tell us, you said that the EPA chief has not been confirmed yet. Is that what you told me? Yeah, to the best of my knowledge. Yeah. Uh, And so we're still under the rules that was set forth um, for the the drawdown of of R22 here in the States, uh, which... From what we're being told is that it will not be available after January 1st, 2020. It's already become very scarce, and the supply and demand has driven the price very high. It's just ungodly expensive right now. Um, We actually have distributors that don't even carry it anymore. So I'm I'm limited at the places that I can purchase it, and it's very expensive. Wow. Really? So even now, like, okay, so that's a good good segue right there. How much time left, Adam? About four. Four minutes? Okay. So we'll talk a little bit through this because I did just Google this guy, and I don't know if he's been officially cleared yet or confirmed. Um, I'm looking to, to determine that. Um, in his first year as administrator of the Environmental Protection Agency, Scott Pruitt has spent almost a quarter of a million dollars on first-class seats. That's an unrelated story. But um, but, uh, but the problem is yeah. this conversion has started, right? So 2010, they don't make the R22 units anymore. It's the new refrigerant. So all of, these, all of this has begun. You can't really unwind it. They, and the only thing you could do is start making the R22 again if this guy doesn't get confirmed, if this well, is repealed. Well, I think he has been confirmed. I think he has been confirmed, but maybe not. I, there, we have our sources. Um, Bill, if you don't mind, could you look that up on the Internet for us? <laughs> so we got Bill investigating that. We'll know in just a moment. But the thing that I know is is that they stopped making these units in 2010 or 2009 that accept the R22. Right. Is that, is that properly said? That is correct. There was a few what they call dry units for service, uh, but but yes, for the most part. 
apparently Air Force One is flying over our building because wow. we just got shook. I'm not sure what that was all that's about. A, that's interesting. Phantom. It's probably wow. a hole in the ozone layer. <laughs> is it a tr- is it a train? Okay. Adam tell me, tells me it's a train. Bill says it's a plane. Adam says it's a train. But either way, um, so folks, if you have a unit that's – because, see, Pam and I dealt with this just recently, as a matter of fact. Um, and what we had to do was we had to make the determination of whether we wanted to replace this condenser or is it the compressor that, that utilizes the Freon or the whatever you call it. Well, the compressor is a very I mean, intricate part of, of okay. the unit. Okay, so whatever it was, we were told that, you know, we were getting, you know, when I was listening to the, end of the, the gentleman explain it to me, you know, it made a lot of sense what he was saying. He wasn't maybe as crystal clear as you just were, but he helped me understand, you know, this isn't going to be available too much longer. So he gave it to me like it was. He said, we can fix it. We can fix it. Or we can go ahead and replace it. And that's what we did. We went ahead and replaced it. So we need to unpack this more for people Mm -hmm. because, you know, one of the big things that happens is if there's a little leak inside of your unit and you're having to re that stuff is, I mean, it's expensive. I mean, it's, it's expensive. We had to have ours recharged one time about a year and a half ago. And it was like $600 to have this bad boy recharged. And that price has continued to climb because it's R22. It's like on the black market. You got, you got people selling it behind the register at the convenience store. Didn't you tell me there's guys stocking up on this? Well, yeah. Somebody did say that, didn't they? You try to stock up on it, but then, you know, I laugh. I think back of the, uh, when everybody was hoarding up the R12, uh, that was in the cars and refrigerators. Mm. And now that stuff's worthless. There's yep. nothing that uses it out there anymore. Well, see, see, Mark's got a, a trunk full of those whippets. If <laughs> we have to go and dip into those, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, well, guys, we only have one minute left in this segment. When we get back, I do want to unpack for the person that's out there listening that maybe right now they're dealing with a situation where their heating and air person is telling them that they we can recharge it right now. We can we can pour in six hundred dollars and fix this. And they're faced with this decision right now. We'll we'll unpack that and let you answer what maybe a good result should be for them. We'll be right back after these messages. Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining us. And Bill was um, not able to find out exactly the full story. We were able to find out that we do have a uh, EPA chief. Certainly, Scott Pruitt is the EPA chief. But there's still some uh, clouds uh, covering whether or not he's actually officially been confirmed or not. Um, <laughs> and Adam is uh, piping into my ear as well that there is a story on alternate.org that he has found for us. And he says it's an alleged story, but the EPA uh, evidently is spending lavish amounts of money. We don't know whether there's any truth to that. There's contaminated water in the airplanes and and whatnot. He, he saw it on Facebook is what it was. So, or maybe it was on Pinterest. I don't know. Adam likes Pinterest as well. I posted that one. You posted that on Pinterest. So anyway, we're here with our expert. We have Chris Waddell with Elite Heating and Air, 
And he's been explaining to us and sort of giving us all of the information that we need to know because R22, which is the refrigerant, um, also known, uh, DuPont dubbed it Freon, and that's something that's that's specific to that company. So it's just a refrigerant. You have this refrigerant in your your car. You have this refrigerant, I'm assuming, in your refrigerator. Uh, Not the exact same type, but you have a refrigerant, right? right? And also your heating and air units. So we're using refrigerant quite a bit in a lot of different areas. Can you explain to our listeners, like, what is this refrigerant? You, you explained also that it was a um, it was a propellant, I think, as well. Is that what sends the shuttle up, or no? No, they used okay. it as a as a propellant in some okay. applications, but it's a uh, primarily uh, it's it's used to transfer heat. Okay, uh, and it does a really good job of it. Mm. Um, it, it the, you'd have to understand how a, how an air conditioner works. Uh, which Kevin, you don't. So is that what you're saying? <laughs> <Move on. laughs> the best, the best way I can explain it that most people might understand it is if you think of a radiator in a car mm-hmm. and how it circulates uh, the radiator fluid, the coolant, antifreeze mm-hmm. um, through the through the block of the motor and picks up the heat from the motor and then rejects it back out, keeps the motor cool. Well, refrigerant Freon does the same thing, but it does it at a much higher capacity. Wow. That's pretty good ex- explanation, and so it's a it's a very important piece of the puzzle. And um, the thing that costs people the most amount of money, one of the things for repairs, is when they have to have their unit charged. It's not normal for you to have to put Freon in your unit like all the time, right? No, or a refrigerant, whatever. Uh, technically, it should last forever. Um, however, I rarely meet a unit that doesn't leak somewhat mm. uh, even it might be microscopic it might only leak a couple of ounces a year mm-hmm. uh, but uh, it's hard to contain that high pressure gas inside of anything but mm. think of all the homes and we're talking about this r22 being used in units pre-2010 uh, correct mm-hmm. think of all the homes out there that's got all the freon in it and now that okay, the art, yeah. i mean there's that's a lot of units out there a lot of air conditioning units and now all of those homes, if they haven't converted their their unit over um, from 2010, they have to have a charging. It's like what you ran into. So that is a lot of people out there that could demand it. But the product of Freon has gone down. Yeah, and so right. the price is going up. I mean, this they're is, not manufacturing it anymore, right? Well, it is being manufactured just oh. not in the United States, oh. and the EPA doesn't al- only allow so much to be imported into the United States. See, I mean, it all comes a, back to money. This is a it's a big deal. So, wh- what are the options? What? Yeah, that's my. What are the options? I know you asked the question, but I'm asking it again. What are the <laughs> options? <laughs> Because well, I asked a question. And the supply and demand, I mean, you, you think now we're in 2018. Yeah. So, so for eight years now, you know, the year. You're correct. <laughs> 2018. <laughs> so, so for eight years now, all, all practically all new units installed have been the new yeah. 410A refrigerant, which mm-hmm. is what we use as an industry now. So the demand is not as great as, you know, I thought it would be. I thought it was going to be disastrous. Now, it has been, you know, difficult, and, and it's been a hardship on a lot of people. Mm. Uh, however, there are there are other options. Uh, there are several drop-in replacements mm-hmm. for R22. Uh, the problem there is trying to find the one that you as a technician believe to be the best or closely compatible to the R22. Because and is that a ju- just a judgment call, sort of? It is. Uh, there's technicians that uh, and companies that use uh, different 
drop-in replacements. Um, one of the drawbacks to the drop-in replacement is, and you do have some people out there that's mixing it with the original R22, which the manufacturers say wow. that, that is not the way to go. Talk about a propellant. It could be a problem because the drop-in replacements are actually a blend of two different refrigerants. So they have two different boiling points, which means if your system leaks, they actually leak out at different rates. Wow. I mean, that's incredible. Real quick, breaking news. Um, Frank has told me that on February 17th, 2017, the Senate narrowly confirmed Scott Pruitt as the new EPA chief, despite Democrats' call to delay the vote. So we can move on from that. It is in place. However, there's probably not a lot of decisions. There's a firestorm that's ha- occurred. You've got a big split on what is the right decision. So I'm sure they're picking and choosing their battles, right? And the solution, like you just mentioned, there is a drop-in that – is it more expensive than the R22? I meant to ask that. The drop-in. Oh, no. Much cheaper. Much cheaper. Okay. Much cheaper. And, and do you as a – because you're not – I mean, you're not solely a technician. I'm sure you do some technician, but you're the president of the company. But you're also out there working as well, right? You oh, don't yeah. just sit behind the desk and <laughs> call shots, right? Like Mark. I would say I wish I could sit behind a desk, but I really wouldn't like that. I like being out in the field. Okay. So, and you could do that. You're, you're right. Um, do you recommend the drop-in? I've, uh, we have settled. Our company has settled on a particular drop-in replacement that, uh, after much research, that we we feel like is one to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, like you said, people would have to have their system recharged. Um, if your system holds 10 pounds of refrigerant, and you're only two pounds low, and you're not supposed to mix the drop-in with the original, although some people uh, are doing it. Mm-hmm. So now you either take it down to nothing and start from scratch, mm. or you top it off with a couple of pounds of the expensive original or wow. 22 Wow, that is a quandary because you have to do what you – the manufacturer, of course, is the, – the thing's out of warranty. So we we don't have to worry about them saying, well, you've mixed those refrigerant with this this – you know, so that's not an issue because the thing's out of warranty, probably, if you've got that right. It's more so just a performance question at this point. It is. It is. And then you also get into when you talk about, you know, having your unit charged or, or topped off where you're under specific rules, too, that if it's if the leak is if you're losing more than 30 percent annually of your of the charge, mm-hmm. that system either has to be repaired or replaced by EPA lots. Um. Oh, okay. So the EPA legislates to you that the 30% threshold, if it's met, and can you not just fix the darn leaks? That That's kind of what I was asking this guy, and I'll let you answer it, because I was just like, can we not just like put smoke in there and go find where the leak is and then just go patch it? Well, there's a lot of ways to find a leak, and depending on where the leak is, it possibly can be uh, repaired. Mm-hmm. If the leak is in one of the uh, either the evaporator coil or the condenser coil, mm-hmm. then that's a very, very almost impossible repair. At that point, you pretty much replace the coil. Now, that's mm. still repairing the unit. That's not replacing the unit. Yeah, you're so you, smart. Once you replace that coil, though, that's a very expensive repair. Yeah, I know. I had to do it. <laughs> but I did it. So that I did the condenser and the evaporator coil, is that right? In order to be able to take this other, you know, 
type How, of substance. How's the performance of the uh, air conditioning? Extraordinary. Is it? <laughs> I mean, it really hums long. I don't know. I mean, I, I saw, is there I, a difference between R22 and the new uh, refrigerant? The 410A is the new new 410A, Mark. You've said the, that like 10 times. It's not the drop in. That's what the <laughs> That's the new standard. Kind of, that's right. Uh, well, hey, there's pluses and minuses. Uh, I, I, I find that the performance on heat pumps mm-hmm. seem to be better. With the 410A, oh. um, it runs at a much higher pressure, which, I mean, for us working with it as technicians can be um, a little more dangerous. you got to be a little bit you know, more careful because yeah. the, they can run head pressures of, you know, five, six hundred pounds. So, yeah, you make a misstep and there's some problems potentially. You, you, it's, it's a little bit more difficult to work with. The performance factor seems to be... Very good. Mm. That's good to know. That is definitely good to know. But I have a question. Um, how much time do we have, Adam? I'm sorry. One minute left. Um, when we get back from the break, I'm, I'm questioning, like, let's say the the elderly lady in Woodland that that has a unit that she's been servicing. It's it's in great shape, but it's taken R22, and it's, it's 80% full. And, you know, it's now starting to see a little bit of an issue because I don't know at what point that it like what percentage of of the tank needs to go down i mean i know that you're under the 20 percent threshold or 30 whatever it was but let's talk about that elderly person man or woman in woodland or over here in west hills or wherever and and maybe lay out for them some options so we're going to continue with this conversation right after these messages you know what i mean they passed me up, could run it all, I don't mean if there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Check out the hook while my DJ revolves it. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. You know, Welcome back to the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. Wow. Uh, amazing. The research that we can come up with on the intranet. Um, anyway, we're just thankful to be back from break. <laughs> oh, wow. We love doing this show. We, we are having a good time, but it's all in good fun. We have um, Chris Waddell with Elite um, Heating and Air. And what you're saying again, If uh, sorry, I forgot it again. Beat the heat, call Elite. Beat the heat, call elite. That's really impressive. I like that. Uh, we need to get you into the social media because that could really go. I could play well out there. What's your phone number? 539-1268. area code. Right. Yeah, we're local. Right. You're local. They're local, folks. <laughs> we didn't bring somebody. We didn't ship somebody in from Washington <laughs> to do this show, okay? We got people in Knoxville um, and the surrounding areas. We love all the state of Tennessee. We've had people from, we had Middle Tennessee. We had the uh, pest control people from Middle Tennessee. And That's right. We've had the ghost people from, from <laughs> a way up in Upper Kingsport. We're supporting the ghost uh, fighters out there. Um, anyway, so we're continuing the conversation. And my question prior to going to break was about the elderly couple who live in Woodland or West Hills and um, they are facing the dilemma where their heating and air person is coming back to them and saying, he, he, unfortunately, you're losing more than what I'm allowed to just look beyond. And so to walk me through that, if they are, was it 20 or 30% per year? 30%. And how do you calculate that? I mean, you only seen it once. 
Well, now that's true. Um, if 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 you use somebody else, I don't. If I go to look at a unit for the first time, I don't know who else has worked on that. Mm-hmm. You know, but I can tell you that um, you don't. Not just anybody can buy a refrigerant. You have to have an EPA license. Uh, okay. So, so when you buy a refrigerant, it goes on your EPA license. So they know how mm. much refrigerant you've purchased. Wow, and, big brother! And you really, you know, you have to keep a log. Yeah. And where it goes. Because at any time, the EPA can audit you, and they want to know. They say, well, we see that you purchased this much refrigerant. Where'd it go? Yeah. Well, that's, that is a good point. I mean, can you not say I'm stockpiling it? You better have it to show them. Oh, yeah. Because I can see where if if you did, I mean, and, and I mean I'm, I'm in a good mood today, so I'm playing some kind of joking around a bit. I'm always in a good mood. But, I mean, you're, you've got a license that you have to protect. Yeah. So, you have to, I mean, you're following the rules. And if, if you break the rules, there's consequences, just like for any of us, just like in the mortgage industry. If we break the rules, we face the consequences. So um, you're following the rules, but at the same time, you're staying within the rules. Like, that's the thing. Like, we have rules, but I, you'll never meet a loan officer at Mortgage Investor Group that will not make it work if it's within the rules. Sure. If it's within the rules. So your drop-in is a perfect example of that. It's within the boundaries of the law. I hope is it is it that's right we might have to back this up a couple of segments no i'm kidding but it's within the law and you're doing that to help the end end user the customer so what would you do if an elderly couple came to you or doesn't have to be an elderly couple maybe it's a a big wig like mark who's got you know three four houses in knoxville and says you know hey you know what can you do can you just recharge this with and mix it for me because I know you got this drop in that's like one third the cost, and I'm at eighty percent. I'm at seventy percent, but I just had it recharged last year, so it lost thirty percent. I mean, what do you do in that scenario? I know you can't say, "Well, yeah, let me do the drop in," because that's illegal. But do you say, "Let me just price you a new coil and a new compressor, and then go condenser, and then go from there"? Is that what you would do? Well, first you would determine where the leak is is happening. Okay, uh, and then the okay, the leak is in the is in the coil. Okay. So then you look at replacement of the coal. Mm-hmm. Now, if you do that, then, you know, if it's the condenser coal, then you're going to have to recover all that refrigerant anyway. So you might as well start with a drop-in from scratch. Mm. Okay. So if you if you recover that refrigerant, do you give them a credit? <laughs> I mean, I'm actually just... We, you know, actually, we, we can't use that refrigerant. Oh, okay. So you have, I bet you there's laws on how you dispose of it, too, isn't there? Yeah, we turn it back in uh, to our suppliers, and uh, I believe it's DuPont actually takes it, and they probably... They, they've got a monopoly it. on this, don't they? Yeah. Probably resell it back to us later. But what... Yeah, exactly. They clean it through their little process. But I wonder... I just wonder if Donald Trump and Scott Day, or Scott Pruitt are sitting in there in the Oval Office talking about R22 and 410A or whatever. You know, because I don't understand... I guess I guess I would need to understand more of how it's affecting the ozone layer. And that's just something I don't understand. And, I mean, I did understand... I do understand that they their claims are that it is damaging... The, the ozone layer that it's that it's going up into our atmosphere and it's peeling it away well nobody wants that to happen obviously um but it also seems to me that it's putting the pressure on you as a servicer of these units also the general public that's going to be forced i mean yeah it's not a disaster yet but i mean there are units like i can promise you my um mother-in-law who uh, has had a unit for a long time She's got the R22 in there. I know she, I mean, I'm positive of it. So, you know, she, you know, not, not, I mean, she would be fine, but, you know, replacing a unit 
could get up to two, three thousand dollars, right? It can, be, it can be expensive. And so, unless they have a the money in the bank or they have a credit well, that's card, that's what I was saying. As many homes that there are in this country that have units before two thousand and ten, if you take this out five or six years, that they're functioning fine, and all of a sudden they start to deteriorate. You're not looking at. Uh, putting more R22 and zapping that thing up, you're looking at replacing or putting a drop in. That's right. Well, now, as, if a system has the R22 in it, if it's not leaking or you don't have a, a, right. a repair that requires you to enter the refrigeration circuit, mm-hmm. then it's you're fine. fine. You just keep going. And have you ever tried to just put the 410A on top of it? Oh, no. <laughs> that, would, that would not be. <laughs> what would happen? <laughs> That's something I would do. I bet you that this is just a big smoke screen. I bet you it will work. No. <laughs> You've never tried that? Yeah, exactly. Watch this. <laughs> exactly. It, it will not work. As a matter of fact, yeah. uh, in order to use uh, the refrigerant lines again between your indoor and outdoor unit, mm-hmm. uh, they have a special chemical that we have to flush that with because the oils are not compatible at all. And if you do not get that all cleaned out of there, immediately the system will not work. Do you know that just because Scott Pruitt's been telling you that? <laughs> I, I, I'm just kidding with you. I actually know that from firsthand experience. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. we didn't get a line cleaned out as good as we thought we did one time, and immediately a brand new system oh. would not work. Oh, my word. That's so it'll terrible. It'll tell you immediately if you've done it correctly or not. And, I mean, that's that's a problem. Yeah, when you have that come up, I'm sure that's a problem. Then you probably called the home warranty company and said, hey, this unit didn't work that they sent out to us. <laughs> well, how do you know that the new stuff you're putting in isn't going to be a problem 30 years down the road with EPA? Well, I don't. I don't know that the stuff the R22 is. I mean, I'm just going on what the right. scientists are telling us. Sure, I have to the Mike the Simpsons world. of the world. Yeah. <laughs> well, in the like from a molecular standpoint, I, we don't know us three. I mean, we're all smart guys, but you know, there's I'm sure a reason that it's affecting the ozone layer. At least there would not have been the Montreal. Expos or whatever, not the Expos, that's the baseball team, whatever it was that you said. I mean, there's some smart people that came together <laughs> and decided on this. So, but, but back to the point though of that, that elderly couple, you know, if they've paid their utility bill on time and they're, you know, in good standings with KUB or, um, ORUD or whoever it is, mm-hmm. um, they can go, they can go and, and finance a unit, can't they? Can they, can they still do that? Yes, if, if TVA still has the Energy Right program, mm-hmm. just, just for heat pumps. Okay, uh, just for heat pumps. They don't do gas, um, but that's an option. I mean, there's there's many different and local ways. jurisdictions have certain programs. I think. Okay, well, and I, I think Oak Ridge, for example, their utility company has a special program. Yeah, and I'd like to maybe learn more about that because somebody's going to listen to this show and think to themselves, well, I'm in that exact situation. Well, and THDA has home improvement loans yeah, that's for, true. for people. USDA so. as well. Yes, The right. direct program. That's correct. Um, for elderly. For elderly families. Um, I bet you that that's something. And as a matter of fact, Joe, we need to get Joe back on we the should. show because that might be right up his alley because um, the, the, there's programs out there that could be used. And you know what? The, end, the, the servicer or the technician or the owner of the company they just know they're getting paid right it may come from a source you know that you don't know about 
Or if they've got several home projects they need done, I'm sure that Mortgage Investors Group could. Oh, I like you. I like you. That's thinking outside the box. We could do a very (laughs) nice cash out refinance. Or you could just, you know what you could do if you had a house? You could just do a refinance, a regular old refinance, Mm -hmm. and then you're going to skip a payment, right? Right. And you're going to get your money back from your escrow. So there's enough money to replace your unit right there. Call Mark today at 865 482 8910. You can take take care of you. That's right. Or any of our loan officers for that matter. Um, We're running out of time, I believe, in this show. Mm -hmm. It's been a really great show. It's um, went very, very, very fast, actually. It normally doesn't happen. Um, but really appreciate your time. Um, you coming in and giving us the lowdown. Very interesting stuff. Um, and if they want to reach you, tell us again. It's 865-539-1268. All right. And I'd love for you to call them. Give them an opportunity to help come out. And just if you have an issue with your unit, let them come out. Take a look at it. Tell them. See maybe what's going on. Because it's going to get hot soon, right? And what you're saying? Beat the heat, Collie Lee. There you go. So you need to make sure that your unit is running smoothly. And we're going to share some tips and tricks to things to make sure that you're doing to, to maintenance your unit next time when we have when we have Chris on. We'll see you next time right here on the Housing Hour. That's the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray for today. Join Kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and why not you need to know, so come here to find out. Also check us out at thehousinghour.com. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group.